Mics are tested and hot, and we are ready to go to <clears throat> Boiling Springs, the metropolis of Shelby. Artist Gilmore, we're on the way. Well, it's a fun itinerary today, Mike. It's a short trip over to Shelby and Boiling Springs, but some adventures to come on the way. We're gonna learn about the legend of Earl Scruggs at the Earl Scruggs Center. We're gonna get a great lunch at Bridges Barbecue. And of course, we have a pretty good game, hopefully on tap tonight with Winthrop at Gardner-Webb. Winthrop and Gardner-Webb tend to play close, close games. There have been several good games there in recent years. And if we're lucky, they'll have two seats, one for me and one for you, because otherwise it could be very awkward. But there's four of us in the car. We have a live studio audience and a, a live co-host, right. if you will, a studio guest. Brett McCormick from the Rock Hill Herald is with us, riding over to Boiling Springs. He's good for exactly one road game a year. And since this <laughs> one's right up the street, it works in the Herald budget. Is that right? Yes. It, no, it's two road games a year. It's the uh, the Thursday Asheville ESPNU game right before and, and following the uh, Gardner-Webb game. This this is the this is the set schedule. And they're going to play five-on-five basketball tonight. Yes, which is, dis- which is disappointing. <laughs> Brett just did a piece in the Herald about if you took all the Big South teams and you put together their best three-on-three lineups all time, you take the three greatest players from each of the Big South teams, who would win? Must have been a fun uh, a fun article to kind of research and put yeah, together. Fun exercise. Yes. So actually, that, that part is coming out next week. The first part was Winthrop. So when I was picking Winthrop, well, I was trying to pick Winthrop uh, because with the other teams, um, you know, I just kind of had the sports information directors like email me some guys, and then I did a little digging myself um, if they didn't email me back, which was a few. And so I was thinking about that with Winthrop, and which is um, a few that we shouldn't name, like <laughs> which is a few that will remain unnamed. They know they don't know who they are, but um, we do. <laughs> uh, Names but, have been changed to protect the guilty, right? Yeah, right, right. But with uh, Winthrop, you know, I. I so first of all, an uh, opportunity to like engage the audience, but also I wasn't really sure like who the three would be because, you know, you could look at like the guys under Kelsey who've been kind of like stat monsters but yeah. haven't had like as much uh, team success, or the guys under Marshall that were not necessarily like stat guys but you know went to the NCAA every year, um, or even you know like some of those NAIA guys that would definitely you know email me or call me if I left them out, <laughs> you know, like Charlie Brunson, who, you know, and yeah, Johnson was the all time leading scorer. And rebounder and still save your cook. Right, right, exactly. So, you know, those guys Rickers stood for like 30 years. Yeah. Right. Rick Reese, who's like, you know, all over the record book, um, including like fifth all time and fouling out, you know, so I mean, um, so you couldn't forget those guys, too. So I just figured I would put it out there to where people could vote. And, and it's kind of a fun deal because aren't they going to play three-on-three three in the Olympics, the next Summer Olympics? Isn't there going to be a three-on-three three contest? That's an Olympic sport, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know about that. Oh, yeah. the, the, the thing I've been thinking about was, um, first of all, I, I have a guy that, I'm, that is working with us who played high school football at Northwestern High School. He's from Rock Hill. And um, he went to South Carolina, and he's a very talented artist. And so I just was thinking about ways that I could work with him because I like – having his drawings with my stories. I think oh. it's cool looking. So, yeah, so I was thinking about NBA Jam, which was like, I'm not a big video game guy, I never was, but I always liked that game because um, you had uh, basically, I think each NBA team, this this game came out in like mid-90s for the, the first time, sure. the original time. Uh, each team would have like four guys. So for the Hornets, it was always, I love the Hornets team. It was um, 
Muggsy, LJ, and, and Zoe, and then Del Curry would come off the bench. And so, like, the, the guys had these tiny little bodies and these giant heads. And, um, you know, you could cover the court in basically, like, three dribbles, kind of like um, the Greek freak uh, in real life. And um, You mean like Dave and I? or No, 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 no. <laughs> we can't cover the Giannis, court in three dribbles. Giannis Anandetokounmpo. Um, yeah. And so, like, when, when a guy would get hot, he would, like, literally catch on fire and, like, everybody oh, yeah, could yeah, dunk yeah, yeah. and stuff. And so I was thinking about that. And then I saw the... Um, I think it was in late fall or early winter that they were talking about doing this three-on-three thing. Is it? At, it's at the Final Four? Right. Yeah. And so, like, they pick three college seniors from each conference or something like that, and then, and then they play a three-on-three tournament. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to like, who would be the team right. for Winthrop? And then I was like, oh, well, how would I expand it? And so that, that's how I came up with the idea. I didn't even know that it was going to be an Olympic sport, which I think is really cool. Everything comes in threes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So if you could come up, I, I guess we should talk about Winthrop briefly. Is there any stone-cold Terrell Martin has to be on the team, or has there been kind of mixed voting? Well, and then the other thing with, I just was telling Brett Redden, what, sometimes when you do this stuff, sometimes the winning vote-getters are the most organized or connected. So, like, I'll tell you that at the halfway point, Tyson Waterman has a massive lead over everybody but not unjustified i mean right. one of the not unjustified not unjustified but like unusual that he's standing out from the pack as much as he is which suggests to me no offense to his abilities or anything like he, he actually is a cornerstone i would say um you know for getting them sure uh, does it suggest getting them in the that tournament. his friends are big rock hill herald readers it suggests that somebody he or somebody in his circle has i i i, I am suspicious as uh you know created a some, some kind of campaign savvy. some kind of campaign, yeah, campaign to to get others that know him to vote nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that there's there's no rules prohibiting that so it's but. kind of part uh who is the greatest three and part american idol since there's yes. a voting part voting um, component. uh junior class student council <laughs> yeah so so um but for me like the first two i thought of immediately the third one was i had a i went through a lot of number threes but the first two i thought were Terrell Martin and Xavier Cooks because they're so versatile yeah. and they have, pretty, they have decent size. Um, they almost negate the need for a point guard, you know, so you don't need like a pass first third guy. You can like go any number of different directions with yeah. the third guy. Um, like a rim protector with Craig Bradshaw? Yeah, or yeah. Uh, I mean, or, um, I mean, yeah, you or could go TV. any number of ways. Uh, like a three point shooter, like a, like a designated three point shooter. Um, but those two guys. You know, but could, in an ideal world, you don't want anyone that is a, a specialist. Want a, right, right. You want three guys that can do a lot of different things. Right, yeah. right. And so that's why, like, for the third guy, I mean, those two, I, I, I thought of them right away. Um, but the for the third guy... Can you do boxing one with three guys? <laughs> but, <laughs> the fellas would find a way. <laughs> um, for the third guy, I was thinking, like, and, and I have, and like I said in the little video I did when I revealed the three that I picked, you know, obviously, like, a huge recency bias but maybe be a line in one i would have gone with either of the keons you know for the third guy because yeah. they could because they could score in a lot of different ways so yeah i mean with all due respect to keon Moore, mike jenkins was just a better basketball player okay well, see there you go i never saw mike jenkins play so uh, mike was a good defender and an excellent shooter for really three of his four years and was you know uh outstanding standout member of a class that went to four NCAA tournaments right, right. and was probably the best player on the team his senior year. I mean, he... I, I, you can make a case that the three guys should be three guys from that team. 
Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, the right, right. Being the third. I guess it kind of depends more on is it what they accomplished or their individual skill set. Right. So, like, there were a couple of things that I put in the article that went with the that introduced the voting. Are there rules, like criteria? There were, there were no rules. So, okay. that, like, uh, so really, people could just look at it however they wanted. I mean, first of all, you could think of three on three as you could look at it as like an NBA Jam game, or you could look at it as like you know somebody was playing at uh, you know like. Um, Cherry Park, you know, playing half court with like, you know, on a rim with no nets right. and, and, and stuff like that. So if you wanted to look at it either way, that's fine. Or, um, it you know, it seems to me it either has to be accomplishments. And if it's accomplishments, like Mike said, it has to be guys off the team that beat Notre Dame, or it has to be skill set, right. in which case everyone is everyone, an option. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, I, I Jimmy was, Gavin, would he be a good guy? In a, see, he was another one that I... Because such a prolific scorer. He was another one that I that I had on the edge. Um, there were a couple I didn't include that, that were really close, like Pierre Wooten and Jimmy Gavin. Yeah. Jimmy just because it was only one year, but, right. I mean, if you need somebody to, to just get buckets, I mean, you know, that... that that's obviously a good candidate, but wouldn't stop anybody. Yeah, no, no, and, and you know, not afraid to take a shot, but, um, but yeah, and the, and the other thing too was like, do, you know, do you want your team set up to be good at three on three basketball, or do you want just the three best players? So I mean, there were any number of ways that people wanted to look at it, and you know, however they wanted to was cool with me. So, what was the most interesting thing in the whole project? Did you find? a team in the Big South, probably Gardner-Webb where we're heading right now, that had a standout team? Yes. So, and so the, the what happens is when the Winthrop team is picked, which will be done Friday, uh, they're going to go into the um, the imaginary all-time Big South three-on-three tournament. Is which there a will, banner for that? Can you hang a banner? No, I, I, I didn't know about uh, if I would get like cease and desist letters from Kyle Callender or anything. So, he probably just tweeted to me. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I didn't do any, I didn't do any branding. I even thought it would be cool to sell advertising for it, but again, yeah. I'm not sure that I could I could do that legally. But Crocs. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> do we get a bearded uh, car cast cut of that? No, it would be um, visit Myrtle Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, visit yeah. Myrtle Myrtlebeach.com. Imaginary uh, three on three. Hey, tournament. while I'm thinking of it, we need your illustrator to do like a bearded car cast. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah well, you call. you know he's for hire, so hit him up. Um, Garrison Gist is his name, by the way. Um, Wait, who said anything about paying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> We have a big self budget. Yeah, you may then you may get my illustration uh, abilities, but um, champagne taste and a uh, <laughs> right cheap light beer budget. But right. Gardner Webb. Yes. I mean, yes. Nobody could possibly in the history of the Big South be better than Artis Gilmore. No, and so Gardner Webb was a JUCO for do you, how long were they a JUCO a for? Long time. Yeah, a long time. So they're going to be the only team. Um, and so so like I think next Wednesday is when this will start. Um, they're going to be the only team that had three NBA players. Uh, on that team, so uh, on the three-on-three team, so uh, you got Artis Gilmore, of course. Uh, what was he seven-two? Right. Um, ABA, NBA All-Star. Went to uh, the final game of the NCAA tournament when he transferred to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah. And then one um, of the fifty greatest players in NBA history. Yeah, amazing Afro. Like, uh, would still if he played today, I think he would be like a dominant, like really yep. good player. Um, and then they had Eddie Lee Wilkins, who played with the Knicks in the '80s and early '90s. Six foot ten, big guy, and then uh, John Drew, who um, played in the NBA for a long time and actually uh, averaged like around twenty points a game, but uh, his career was curtailed by a uh, drug problem in the in the eighties. So um, I don't see how you would, I don't see anybody that if you were just voting fairly and not with any bias, 
how anybody would probably beat that team. But I can't imagine fans having but, any bias, which gets us to <laughs> if you could have. If Tyson Waterman's people, you know, are, are are active next week, then yeah, I mean that could be a big deal. Right, and then how do you bracket it too? Yeah. So the way I was gonna do—that's a good question. The way I, I was thinking about that the other day, the way I was—I would do that is probably just by all-time win percentage in the conference. So. Um, so that's somewhere on like page 94 of the tiebreaker. Big South Conference. <laughs> yeah, of the tiebreaker. It's right after RPI. Yeah, it's right after RPI. Of the, uh, but right before the coin flip, right? Right before the coin flip. <laughs> so right. if you could take a three-on-three team, all-time NBA guys or college guys, who has put together the greatest team of all time? I mean, there was the team in North Carolina, right, that had Jordan and Sam Perkins. Oh, yeah. And Worthy. And yeah. Worthy. But, you know, there are NBA teams out there. Obviously, Mike's the Boston guy with Bird and McHale and Parrish. Or, you know, there's the, the Curry incarnation, right? Yeah. Curry and Durant. LeBron, uh, Bosh, and D-Wade. Right. So yeah. what, what is the greatest threesome of all time? What about, so who were the, who, who would the Lakers play together? Was it Magic, Kareem, and... Worthy. And Worthy? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Can I do the college, uh, the instant, the, the final four tournament version of that, where you can't have two guys from the same team? Yeah. Because I would take Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan. That's yeah. I mean, that's like an all-star team. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the individual teams, though, it seems to me the key guy is the third guy because every team's going to have a Jordan on it or a LeBron yeah. on it or a Bill Russell, Russell or a Chamberlain on it. But what team had that third guy? Yes. I don't think he can get a lot better than Chamberlain, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor. Because <laughs> who are you yeah. going to come up with that's a third guy as good as Elgin Baylor? Yeah. But you look at the Magic team, Magic, Kareem, and Worthy, and Magic and Kareem are probably two of the top ten players of all time. I'm not sure what other team has ever had to the top 10. Scotty Pippen would be maybe top 25, top 30, oh, yeah. top 40, but Kareem and Magic, that's really strong. And then the height disadvantage that everybody else would have against them. That's a great point, too, yeah. because you have a point guard that also happens to be 6'7 six, six, or whatever. 6'8 you know, or whatever, yeah, was. right, right. Um, but the Celtics could probably put like three or four teams into that. Well, but that's the thing. What Celtic team had the third great player. You always had the Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, or you would have... Tommy Heinsohn. Who was the third guy, right, Heinsohn? And, and Tommy yeah. Heinsohn was really good, but I don't think you would compare him to Elgin Baylor or James Worthy. Hmm. I quite frankly think... I, I'm not sure I compare him to whoever the third best player is on the Warriors, whether it's Clay Thompson or Draymond Green. Yeah, Green right. primarily for a defensive perspective on right. things. Right, can do a little bit of everything, yeah. Paul Pierce? Right, well, that, that, that's an option, too. The, those modern-day Celtic teams, the problem with them is I don't think your best player, the Kevin Garnett or Paul Pierce, reaches the level of the Magic Johnson Kareem. Right, right. Wow, what about... Traffic um, Jam. On the, on the way to the Metroplex The of college Shelby. version of that discussion, yeah. The, well, what about, why so what so about, many people going to Shelby? Well, <laughs> maybe, they're going to the, maybe they're going to Bridges Barbecue. Wow, that, that's or the Earl Scruggs Center. The Scruggs Center. Bo both good reasons. What about so, um, Leitner, Grant Hill, like Bobby Hurley, as far as college accomplishments? Right, or the, the UNLV team, the, the Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, Greg Anthony. Yeah, with Anderson Hunt. Or the UCLA teams <laughs> with Bill Walton. Yeah, those would be the, I guess those would be the obvious ones. Right. Um, okay, and then uh, Houston. 
with uh, Clyde, Akeem Olajuwon, and yeah. uh, what was his name? Um, with the French, the French Cajun name. Uh, uh, who was the third guy for them? Can't remember. They had a... no, 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 not the Rockets. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, they had a third guy that was pretty good. The third wheel. A third wheel for sure. So like having a third wheel on the car. That's now. right. But we only <laughs> one wheel on the car. Right. Guys. Right. Um, so I mean, you can. What I like about the three-on-three thing is you can think about it at any level, at any like any type of basketball, and it's it's fun because you really have to. I think what I think what I liked about NBA Jam was you always you cut out all the like one-year contract guys, and you could like really boil a team down to like what is its like best assets. You know, like what are what are the why are why is this team interesting or why is it good? And I think that's what the, like the three-on-three does. I don't know. It's fun. It is fun. To me, well, there's no like it's a great topic because it's really no wrong answer. Yeah, it, de- mean, it depends on how you interpret it. It's credible, but they're not. Right. It's not necessarily wrong. Right, right. Joined by Brett McCormick from the Rock Hill Herald on our bearded car cast as we head to Shelby and then Boiling Springs. Winter I'm going to load out a beard. Yeah, no kidding. Mike got rid of the beard, which seems like a party foul of some sort. <laughs> Brett, we, we talk about you from time to time. It's great to have you on the trip. For the audience that isn't real familiar with your work, give us a little bit of your background. Uh, I am from Charlotte. I was born and raised, and I worked at a weekly paper on the beach in North Carolina for about five years, and then I've been in Rock Hill since 2012. So I always liked to read the print newspaper when I was little. I liked box scores and stats. And I was telling Kelsey the other day, if any math teacher had ever made the Pat Kelsey, if uh, any math teacher had ever made the connection between sports and math for me, I would have probably been like a calculus major. But nobody did that. Did you know you were going to go into sports, or did you? Yeah, I always, I always liked sports. I had like the, I mean, I had the NBA encyclopedia when I was like seven, and I, I've always liked facts and stats and things. I was a history I can't major. At all. Yeah, no, they, this is why Dave and I did not hit it off. Um, I uh, was a history major, so I always, I like researching things. I like, you know, I like respect my elders. Um, so that's, that's what's made me into what I am. You can probably see that in the things I like to write about. So Mike emailed me last night when we were talking about what topics might come up during our bearded car cast. And as a print journalist, how did you feel 10 years ago? And how do you feel now about this idea of Sports Illustrated, who at one time was this great beacon of journalism and now is kind of falling apart? How, how do you feel about the fact that once a year they do something totally unjournalistic and unsporty like the swimsuit edition? Yeah. Um... I used to, I got Sports Illustrated when I was younger. Um, I For the articles. Yeah, for the articles. <laughs> uh, I, I, I understand why they have to do that because being on the, working in the business, I, you know, there's things you have to do to try to make sure that, um, you know, you, you gotta sell. You gotta pay the bills. So, you know, I mean, I could understand also people thinking maybe that's out I don't know, like out, outdated or, or, or uh, that there's a different climate now for that. But 
I, I really could see that both ways. I, it, does, it doesn't evoke strong feelings in me either way. I, could, I would have no problem living without it, but I, I understand why they do it. And, you know, I think as long as it's relatively tasteful, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a big problem with it. I mean, I, I think um, it's more, dis- more sad to me that they're having to, what did they cut back? They cut back. Yeah, like doing pretty like seriously. Yeah, so like bi-weekly. Yeah, that, like that. I mean that's more upsetting to me. That was a great. I mean, when I used to get that magazine in the '90s, it was like the Sears oh, cri- like a who's who Christmas book. I mean, it was enormous. Too. Yeah, and yeah. it was thick and it was yeah. huge. I mean, and you know, a lot of that was like Joe Camel ads, probably. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a great publication, and and you know I mean like what it, is that spot now at one time it was uh, yeah. Sports Illustrated or maybe it was the New York Times of course for a year or so we had the National which was that great all sports daily that had just a, a all-star list of journalists and it totally flopped like what is the the dream for someone getting into written sports journalism I don't, for me it's still like the Washington Post or New York Times but I, you know I, I don't I don't know magazine wise like Sports Illustrated would be up there still I, I think I mean their website is there it's they have like a such a huge audience that if that's what you're after then it hardly gets bigger than them the thing that's that sucks about that is that they would say well all our stuff is online their website is horrific I mean it I think it's one of the worst websites for you know like in the ESPN big newspaper big sports website categories I mean it it's terrible and is it a design thing or is it yeah, a Yeah, it's a design thing, like, thing and it's bad. They like pop-ups and all kinds yeah. of stuff like that. I don't know if we can curse on here. I almost did. No, you can. Um, okay. I, I don't tr- I, I won't try to, but I didn't know if I Do you subscribe to the Athletic? No, not yet. I'm like on the verge though. They've had a couple yeah. that have really like almost got same. me. Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't because I'm getting enough from everyone else, but It's a uh, but fascinating I don't know. model. It, it is. It's, I think it's the way to go. I think it's the way to go. Well, really people is. that are really engaged with whatever team or whatever sport they are, you ask them to pay a reasonably small amount of money. What yeah. is it? It's like it's, it's like, like twenty something or, bucks a, mo- a yeah. year. Yeah. Right. So it's like less than your Netflix for sure. Right. Now. Can you chill though. Yeah, with you can athletics? definitely athletic and chill. <laughs> the, the problem though is that. exactly <laughs> what you just mentioned. You can get free content that is similar in a lot of other places. Yeah. But it's, but it's, but it's all in one. So in other words, like the, 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 the description I told a friend of mine yesterday was, if you're looking at you know, a Red Sox story, maybe they have check out some Boston stuff, but if you also want to take a look at the Oakland A's or the San Francisco Giants or or you know New York Giants, it's all on the same website. You don't have to navigate off to somewhere else. Yeah, and the thing that the, the thing that I'm close to pulling the trigger on is um, the college basketball stuff, which is national. And uh, I, you know, they, their lineup of people working for them is probably as good as it gets. I mean, it, if the athletic sticks around, that may be the premier destination before too long because they, I mean, they really basically um, hired almost everyone that got laid off by ESPN. And then you know added a few other ones, which was a, a pretty good. It seems group like of people. it can only go in one of two ways: either it can be an incredible success, yeah. or they're just paying too many people too much right. money and yeah. not making that money back from subscribers, and they fall on their face. Yeah, I mean, I really would hope they didn't dive into it without a bunch of backing. But uh, so 
what did I complain about with Sports Illustrated? Their website sucks. So the Athletic is, I think, banking on people like me that are annoyed by, you know, commercialized websites right. um, where you just want the news and you don't need 50 things popping up in your face. Like, like when I try to, if I try to look at a Sports Illustrated story on my phone, inevitably a pop-up will block the page so that I cannot even access the original page, like, to get out of it. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a bad website and. Um, I think that's one thing that the athletic can probably try to play up. You saw that they were talking about, they really were like advertising the lack of Le, of LeVar ball coverage. <laughs> I think that's going to be like their niche is to try to be more of like... Um, High brow? Yeah, almost like in like NPR-ish, you know, where NPR can claim, you know, we never have commercials. What percentage really. of people that read your articles take the, the story we were talking about with the three-on-three teams, what percentage of those are reading them online versus on a mobile device versus in the paper itself. Yeah, in the in the paper would be hard to know, but I um, Do you know I, roughly how many yeah, I don't have, there are? Uh, yeah, it's under 15,000. It's I mean it has dropped precipitously in the 5 years I've been there. Um, our digital is growing, but I mean it really had nowhere to go but up, you know, but uh we're, we're, I mean, in McClatchy's 30 newspapers, we actually do pretty well um, for online stuff. I mean, wild and crazy crime stories, but... Um, now, how are, like, online sales overall going as far as... Ad-wise, I'm, yeah, ad-wise, I, I, I couldn't tell you enough about that, but or I couldn't tell you much about that, but... Well, then, um, what is the future of the local newspaper? So you work at a paper where digital is growing, but subscribers are down. Obviously, we don't really know about advertising, but like, what, what is the future? Because people are gonna want Winthrop coverage or even more so high school football coverage. Is it in print or in print occasionally and online all the time? Like, what are we gonna have five years from now? Yeah, I, I think about that a lot. And I'll answer the other question really fast. Uh, mobile would probably be like, 75 or 80%. Wow. It, we have a and fire up here? We have a big, huge, yeah, big huge fire. of smoke. It's almost um, like the, the lost monster. It's like big and black and <laughs> yeah, it is. gray and charcoal. Or maybe the stranger. Let's just hope it's nowhere things. near the barbecue place. No, I, no we yeah. still got ways to go. it's not Paul Porter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's cutting the grass. Um, yeah, so mobile is like immense. So, I mean, any anytime I design something, it's got to be got to work on mobile like the poll yesterday I uh, put it up and it didn't show up on mobile as Matt Garner promptly informed me so I had to work around that but um I think for the it would it would really depend on the size of the paper I mean you know if you're talking about there's a few papers that are in a class of their own that aren't even it's a lot of times feels like not even in the same industry that I'm in uh, you know New York Times Washington Post etc their future is going to be different uh, you know, they, they're, they're just going to sell more print copies because it's almost like in some ways more of a magazine. But uh, for a paper like the Herald, part of the what you have to consider is that it, it's owned in a large chain. So, and we are kind of like the way McClatchy tried to set up a lot of its purchases was you had a bigger paper and then kind of like a series of satellites around it, which has allowed them to, you know, cut costs and do the things that the corporate owners do um, and so you have to consider that I, th I think that it would I don't know how long this would take I would be surprised if at some point you know the Herald wasn't printing less than seven days a week uh, but you know obviously it's gonna be online 
forever. We have seen that. They're right. The New Orleans, New Orleans Times does Pic that. Yeah. Picayune, yeah. They but did I that. see Jeff Duncan online all the time. His right. stuff is still coming out regularly. I will tell you, I mean, I put in the work week of, um, I put a, probably 15% of my effort into print. I mean, it's just an afterthought for me. Uh, I don't even write, I don't write any of the headlines. I don't, I barely give them any instruction on how to lay it out. Um, I mean, it, to me, it's just, it's an afterthought. It's something that just cramps what we do, honestly. Like, what, I mean, if I don't have a, uh, if I don't have a print deadline, um, you're going to get a better story. It may be 10 minutes later than it would have been. I'm still going to crank it out. I mean, right. I can do that in my sleep, but, um, but it's not going to be a story that's, that didn't have any quotes in it or anything like that. I mean, the, the print paper to me, and I agree, and this is coming from somebody that straddles uh, Gen X and millennials. Like I like the print paper, but I can't tell you the last time I looked at one. I mean, it's just not the way it's going. And, and well, the content is different. It's so different, and and to me, it's more the print one's more boring. I mean, I can do so many more interesting, exciting things online, which I think is why my focus has like almost completely shifted um, to to digital and 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 doing things that way. I mean, I, I think it's just way more interesting. So you do have to deal with the ads. That's the only, that's the thing that I really, really hate. And the next step in, in evolution is not just being able to write, but you also have to be able to, you know, lay out Photoshop and maybe even be a little bit of a on, on camera reporter. Yeah, for sure. I, I, that took a little bit of getting used to, but yeah, definitely. You know, like when, um, Winter played Butler last year, the, Indianapolis Star covers Butler. Uh, this guy David Woods, really nice guy. It was the first time I'd ever met him. Uh, Indy Indy Star is part of Gannett, which is USA Today, and they are pushing um, all their reporters to do just on second or uh, on camera like thirty second videos about yeah. everything. And so David Woods was talking to me about that, and you know this is a guy that's like closer to the age of my parents um, than you know, than, than a younger, not a younger guy. And, and, you know, he said it was just really weird at first, but he got used to it. But, um, it's just, you know, it's just a different way of doing it and you just adapt and you get used to it. But for me, I mean, the thing that, and, and if I'm thinking about like my own future as well, I mean, the things that I, I'm thinking about and that will be trying to do, do something about to better myself or, um, coding and, you know, graphics work and things yeah. like that, because that's, um, that's the stuff where if you can create your own, I don't know what to call them, things online, um, that's, I mean, that just makes you a really valuable person moving forward. I mean, um, like right now in the, I'm the, in the Associated Press Sports Editors uh, Association, and it's a, a group of uh, sports editors, reporters, uh, sports departments across the country. And they do a big contest every year. Um, I think Jonathan Jones, from, who used to work at the Observer, yeah. said that the only people that give themselves more awards than journalists are country musicians, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny. But um, we need it because you guys beat us up all year, so it makes us feel good. But um, well, it's a good thing we're on our way to see a country musician. Right? Yeah, Scruggs. Um, probably, probably won many awards in his career. Um, but uh, I'm judging a category though it's 175,000 circulation and over and it's uh, New York Times um, Boston Globe LA Times Dallas Morning News and, and it's the multimedia category and it's insane the stuff that these people can do I mean uh, that that I, I look at from a newspaper that has I think 
you know, maybe seven or eight people in the newsroom and I'm just like, I, I don't know how they do this stuff. So I think that is gonna become more valuable and more in demand moving forward. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that that's what is, is exciting to me. I mean, the layoffs and all that kind of stuff makes me nervous, but a little nervous, not a lot though, because, you know, as long as I'm trying to get better and have a lot of skills, then I'll be fine. And I think that's, you know, what I would tell like anybody that if I went to like a career day or something. But you at know. some point you still need people to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and that's why their, their ownerships are demanding more of their people. And so you got to be able to do more stuff or you become expendable. Unless, did you that see sucks, it? but that's how it is. Did you see, I think it was Boston Dynamics was the company, the, the uh, robot <laughs> yeah. that, that, that opened, opened the door, the door yeah. for the other robot, which the robot to me looked like a power strip with legs. <laughs> yes. Yes. If, if he could take phone calls from high school coaches on Tuesdays, <laughs> that would free me up to do all the, all the good stuff. Well, that, that's that great broadcasting joke, right? The three broadcasters are sitting in a bar and a woman comes up to him and says, for a hundred bucks, I'll do anything. And they say, great, you got the pregame show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> It's our bearded car cast on the way to <laughs> Boiling Springs, North Carolina, where Winthrop will play Gardner Webb tonight. Thanks for joining us. Send us feedback, hashtag bearded car cast. Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com to circle back to where this conversation began. We're getting towards March Madness. There are four games left in the Big South Conference regular season. Brett's writing this really fun article about three-on-three basketball. As we get down the stretch, as we get into March, if you could build your team, would you build it like Purdue with seniors? Would you build it with a great point guard like Trey Young at Oklahoma? Would you want to build, as NBA teams often do, with the big guys, the DeAndre Aydens, as the first pick in the draft? Where would you start your team to succeed, whether it be in the Big South Tournament or the NCAA Tournament? What's the most important ingredient to a winning team? You still need the point guard. I yeah. mean, the point guard is still the kind of the, the starting point. And it still is that old axiom, you know, you're only as good as your point guard. You know, it starts with that. But I think in this, you guys might disagree with this, but I think the way the game's evolved, I mean, that 2-3-4 interchangeability, uh, is huge, and, and you see, the, the big man is still important, but the, the reliance on the big man isn't as is great as it has been. Although I think in the tournament that changes a little bit. To me, it's a little bit like running back in football, right? So the running back in football in the NFL is is valuable, but really becomes more valuable once you turn into December, and then the ground game becomes kind of more important as you get ready for playoffs. But I, to me, it still starts with a point guard. I I would like value over in, in anything and, and especially a point guard experience I mean I think I like Carolina and I think the way that Roy Williams has built his teams has been like frustrating if you love recruiting and you're like a you know you like tweet at kids that have stars by their names and try to get them to come to your school like that would drive you nuts but if you look at the what they've done without getting five-star recruits I mean I think that's a way to a way to be consistent and it's boring and kind of annoying sometimes, you know, especially when you get tonked by Duke, who's got, you know, six um, future NBA players on his team that none of whom can buy beer. Um, but I, I, just, I still think that's so invaluable. I mean, you look at, uh, and, it, and it's interesting to me to watch those guys develop because that's what the whole reason you like college basketball 
for anyways, or one of the reasons is to watch guys get better. You know, it's enjoyable, like with Winthrop this year, I've enjoyed watching Adam Pickett finally like do what everybody thought he could do, you know, and and he's like a super nice kid and I think he's enjoying it. And, um, you know, with the one and dones, it just, what kind of culture do you have? I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. I'm not saying never get them, but I'm, I'm not in favor of six at a time. So Mike says point guard and you say veterans. We talked for the last several months about in football, the importance of quarterback and coach and then watch Nick Foles (laughs) win the Super Bowl. Obviously there are teams that are more talented. I think Duke is probably the most talented team in the country, but they're so young. They also have one of the best coaches in the country. So has the game evolved to the point where different strokes for different folks it, it doesn't matter what the makeup is it just has to hit I think chemistry yeah. plays into <laughs> a big part of it too yeah. I mean and I think that's why the one and done's is an interesting experiment because yes. sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't right Duke uh, this year Duke versus the Duke that won the national championship great example yeah. alright so you pick one team to win it all who do you like mm. I, if you're going veterans right. no one's more veteran than Purdue I, yeah I like Purdue too I mean I think that's if you're going to so with the experience thing, it's like you're going with the averages. And so you lose out sometimes on the uh, dynamism of the one and dones, but you got, you're more, I think you're more likely to hit the final four, you know, five years running. So I would, go, I would put the money on the experience. And who do you like? If you like point guards, I mean, Trey Young is incredible. Yeah. He's going to be a top 10 pick, but he also is turnover prone, doesn't have a lot of talent around him. I think Emmett Nahr is the best true point guard in the country at St. Mary's. He leads the country in assists, but it would be easy to think that they're not a Final Four or a national championship caliber team. What about Nova or like? Virginia? Yeah, Villanova. I mean, yeah, they're Villanova, certainly very, very good. very good. You know, but I, I think... It didn't look so good last night. No, I mean, <laughs> right. you know, we spent a lot of time on players, but... I think in the college game, coaching is a little bit maybe more impactful or, or worth more points, if you will, than maybe at the NBA level. Not to say that coaching is not important, but you saw the game the other night. Wichita State's well coached. They have a great point guard. Yeah? There you go. No, but the point I was trying to make, well, the joke I was trying to get it before you stepped on me, was uh, <laughs> you know we saw the Golden State Warriors with the, with the players doing their own timeouts yep. Yep. the other night against the Phoenix Suns. But, yeah, I mean, you know, but coaching, I think, is such a huge part of the college game and, and you know you look at the great coaches right I mean Kay uh, Roy Williams guys who just won in the last couple of years and you know it'd be great to see a guy like Greg Marshall obviously we have a personal uh, history with him at Winthrop but it'd be great to see him not just get back to the final four but you know well, how great would that be for the sport of college basketball if a, a Wichita State is a team that, that, I mean, that wins the national championship I mean Gonzaga got so close last year and we've seen Butler in recent years, and a lot of teams get close but haven't got there. But if you have to pick one team, who are you going to take? I would probably go Duke right now. Yeah, I would go Duke too. I think they have one of the best coaches yep. and the best roster, and they're not playing very well right now. Right. But but I do think they have the best team when it's all said and done. Skill, but, skill though. Yeah, they, that's right. They have yeah. the best skill. They yeah. might, that, that, that's well said. They might not have the best team. But in a year where there's clearly no dominant team, right. don't you want a team with the best players, the well, highest the, upside? Well, the best skill and, the, and arguably the best coach. Pretty good combination. Yeah. No point guard, though. Yeah, that's... that's and Grace, and, and, Grace goes, and Allen. Yeah, it goes against my... Uh, Leak. In my perfect world scenario. But yeah. you know, we don't live in a perfect world. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. 
Eagle. Who would be your uh, Who would be your uh, Final Four team from out of nowhere? You think like Rhode Island or Xavier or any of them can can break through? I don't think Xavier's out of nowhere. They're ranked in the top ten. Well, you know, I mean, uh, sorry, not nowhere. Non blue blood. That's what I meant. Non traditional. Yeah, non not there every year. I think there are a whole lot of teams, but the way I like to watch basketball is I love those really tough teams that defend like crazy. I think Cincinnati and Wichita yeah. State are yeah. both terrific in those those two categories. Maybe Cincinnati more than Wichita this year. Cincinnati is as good as anybody in the country defensively. I mean, is West Virginia a blue blood program? Because they're they're yeah. always a tough out. Yeah, they've made it a few they have times. A blue blood coach. I don't know if you call him a blue blood coach. I mean, <laughs> but just in the sense of just in the sense, maybe maybe not. In the We've sense seen of, that he's been there before. He's been there before. Been, yeah. been there before, and he's and he's a long, he's a big name, and he's been there forever. That's another one too. If you're talking about coaching, I don't know what your uh, opinion is of Rick Barnes, but I mean, look, he's done a great job. Yeah, he's done an awesome job there. And I mean, Hickory. Yeah, and he's from Hickory. He's always been a and, a, uh, and a guy that is on the board of Hospitality House with me. We had, oh, our, we had our, uh, our Queen City Corporate Challenge today. One of the guys on the board with me, his wife's uncle is Rick Barnes. That makes me think that you weren't watching curling at three in the morning. Though well, no, I had to get up uh, for the, uh, <laughs> the the tip-off breakfast. And if anybody wants to contribute, they can go to uh, MikePacheco.com and get more more information on that. And it doesn't cost anything to watch curling in the middle of the morning on the NBC That's Olympics right. app, where somehow the Americans found a way to give up five in the third end this morning. But you're not Come surprised by and, that, are you? Is that good? What, what does that, that mean? That's not good. That's <laughs> not good. That Came back and tied the match, stole with the ninth end to get back right. even, but gave up one when the Italians had the hammer in the tenth to lose right. 10-9. Dave, didn't, you have a, didn't you have like a, what's the guy's name? John Schuster? That's right. Didn't you have a John Schuster rant like four years ago? I've had a John Schuster rant for this is the third consecutive Olympics, and, and they're all very justified. Though, give us a taste of the John Schuster rant. I feel like Dave's clear communication style would be very good on the uh, curling. It'd be great. What is it, ice court? Absolutely. John Field? Schuster is a very, very good curler who has come up very, very small in the biggest of events. And this is the third straight year the Americans are probably not going to medal and maybe even not make the playoff, despite having one of the, you know, four, five, six best teams. But I will say, I think it was Matt Hamilton yeah. who has struggled more this year than Schuster. Now, do they call that Schustering? Yes, I, I think they do. I think they do. Right in the Schuster. Right in the Schuster. <laughs> right in the Schuster. <laughs> uh. Hamilton has a beard. You guys need to try to get him on here. And an amazing mustache. That's right. It's just a mustache. He doesn't have a beard. Come on, Fred. If you're gonna talk, if you're gonna, <laughs> I think I saw a commercial with him on it. I can't remember. You gotta bring it. You gotta, you gotta wake up a little bit earlier in the so, morning. Are we even talking about the same guy? Actually, it, we it, might not be. You, you should follow U.S. Curling on. Uh, on Twitter, Twitter, because when something good happens, they have a gif of Hamilton celebrating that Did I they? think you'd you'd be a particularly amused by. <laughs> I'll check it out. I will check it out. Are we really going to a basketball game now? I think it's time for a nap. We just had a fantastic... Good southern barbecue meal topped off with nana pudding, which of course you can't go to a place like that and not at Alston Bridges Barbecue, which is one of two Bridges Barbecue in Shelby. And they allege that they're not related. Well, they're not related, and apparently there's no feud, which really takes away the great story that had 
really kind of immersed these two restaurants from people outside of Cleveland County, thinking that these two brothers had, uh, or I think one form where they were brothers, one they were cousins, one they were uncles or nephews. But if you, the listener, would prefer that there be a feud and they're related, yeah. then they Keep are going. bitter rivals, yeah. and the the re- recipes have been in the family for years and years, and one person absconded with the recipes, and the other one took the original location, and it's a, a heated sibling rivalry. But that's just not the case. But that's actually not the case. And then the the museum, the Earl Scruggs Center, wow. I will say this, it is a hidden gem inside of downtown Shelby, which looks like they've started to revitalize the downtown area. It was an old courthouse, the Cleveland County Courthouse. I believe it was built in 1907 or 1910, and it really was up until, uh, I think, what, 1974, there was the active courthouse, and then it turned into a museum, and then there was an issue with people taking funds, and the doors being closed for two years, but now it's the Earl Scruggs Center, and it really weaves together the history of Cleveland County as well as the history of Earl Scruggs, who was a pioneer in banjo playing and in bluegrass. From this area, and kind of changed the way people play the banjo, did a bunch of really famous stuff, won a couple of major awards, but the museum, and you know, you kind of been to a museum and, and you know what to expect. This is much more modern and interactive. It is a modern museum. You can do, you can actually uh, pretend like you're playing uh, the banjo. There's a couple different exhibits. Of course, then you have the old static displays or the more traditional static displays. A couple of Grammys in there that Earl Scruggs won. And we got to meet Emily Epley, who is a Winthrop grad, uh, now the executive director there, and she gave us a great tour. And it was just it was it was really fun learning something that I had no idea existed, not not just in Cleveland County, but in North Carolina. Emily seemed a lot more excited about her vacation to Hawaii next week than the Winthrop game against Gardner-Webb tonight. <laughs> well, I've been to Hawaii. I haven't been to where she's going. I've only been on the I've Hawaii. been to Hawaii, and I've been to Paul Porter Arena. Yeah, I pick Hawaii. I also pick Hawaii. But we're going to Paul Porter Arena. Yes, we are. We it's to- one of the ten best venues in the Big <laughs> South. And it's probably, I don't know, one of the uh, five through ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's close by, and it should be a good game. These teams tend to play good games, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And next week on the podcast, we'll be on our way to our favorite venue in the Big South Conference, to Asheville, North Carolina. And we hope you'll stay tuned for that. We're working on a couple of fun things for that trip, so we'll keep you updated on that. As always, you can follow along, hashtag BeardedCarCast, at BeardedCarCast on Twitter. And Dave, we want to hear from our our thousands and thousands of fans bearded carcast at outlook.com and if you have a restaurant recommendation we'd love to have it except not in Asheville because I'll be choosing where we eat there <laughs> no no need for Asheville suggestions but I tell you what uh, Dave usually dials up a good place so until next week for Dave Friedman I'm Mike Pacheco for Brett with one T and Brett with two T's hope you enjoyed the bearded carcast